All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. It is a Monday, January 3rd edition, the first edition of the Daily Face-Off Show in 2022. Happy New Year. Hope you and yours had a fantastic holiday season. We're back talking hockey, streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com, as well as Twitter and YouTube. He is former NHL netminder Mike McKenna, now Daily Face-Off analyst. Mike, how's your holiday? What's up? Oh, it was good. You know, just a lot of time to be able to sit on the couch, which was much needed. I feel like we've been running pretty hot here and not having to talk hockey at all times. Uh, it was a nice break, Frank. I hope you and yours had a had a fantastic one as well and that we're both recharged, refreshed and ready for some more NHL hockey. Honestly, it was nice to uh, to have a few days to to not think about hockey just with the pause going on. It was like there's nothing to worry about, which is kind of unique for a hockey season. The holiday roster freeze also in effect, no trades to uh, to worry about getting scooped on. So that was certainly uh, <laughs> helped the anxiety a bit, but at least, um, you know. Hopefully everyone stayed healthy in your family. So many people in my family, my wife's family came down with COVID. Feels like Mm -hmm. it's everywhere at the moment, but let's put the COVID talk aside for a minute. Let's put two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. Let's dive in with the Winter Classic. For my money, Mike, it was the best looking Winter Classic we've ever seen between the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. Freezing cold on New Year's Day at Target Field under the lights. It looked awesome. The players coming out of the warming huts for introductions, skating onto the ice, uh, the little pathway, the rinks and lakes, the lakes around the ice. I just thought it was so well set up. It looked great. Uh, The atmosphere was unbelievable. And the players were able to also have some fun with it as well, showing up the St. Louis Blues players did in uh, beach apparel, uh, minus seven degrees Fahrenheit at puck drop. What would you think? 
Man, it was amazing to see. And everything you touched on, you know, it did look like a big pond hockey tournament. And that was the goal of the NHL and of Minnesota when they organized it. Having the ancillary rinks, people skating, the warming huts, the raw wood representing, you know, lumberjack all throughout Minnesota, I guess. Um, I just it felt like what a winter classic should be. You know, and like, listen, like I love I love the one in Texas because it was so Texas. You had you had horses riding around like it was amazing. But the Winter Classic should really be a celebration of cold weather and battling through the temperatures and the conditions. And that's what the players did in Minnesota. I mean, you touched on Bennington wears a fourteen hundred dollar Versace shirt to the game and all beach attire. And but how about Minnesota? They wore they wore varsity jackets. Boring. Like I get it. It's the state of hockey, all the high school teams, but that was so boring compared to St. Louis. And guess who won the game? The team that was having the most fun. My highlight of the whole thing, though, was probably Johnny Merrill's mustache, icicles dripping off of it in warm-ups, and then chicken broth <laughs> in the water bottles. Frank, it inspired me. I made chicken broth the next day. It's in the freezer ready to go for the rest of the year, man. I, I thought it was a great event. I thought TNT did justice. <laughs> I love the Olymp- the women's uh, Olympic team being named during the, t- the game as well. So well done, I think, across the board. I just, I mean, first off, important to represent lumberjacks, as you pointed out. It was not, no, I did not know that was a Minnesota thing. But in all seriousness, the beers freezing outside, like that, I don't know if you caught any footage of that, but like it was unbelievable to see how quickly they froze. So, uh, yep. certainly don't need a refrigerator to keep your beer cold at that game. But let's talk about these two teams itself, Mike, the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. You mentioned the reason the Blues won or part of it, you think, is because they also had the most fun. Uh, Of course, the team that wins the Winter Classic ends up having the most fun usually, but these are two teams that are also heading in seemingly opposite directions, very close in the standings in terms of points. The Wild dealing with some injuries, uh, Jared Spurgeon and Eric Eric Erickson-Eck, you know, that certainly, um, you know, put a damper on what should have been a festive uh, game for the wild in terms of the season that they've had. But you look at the standings here sorted by points percentage. What is it about the blues that has enabled them to sort of take off here and, and get back to where they were a couple of years ago? Well, St. Louis has adapted. And I think GM Doug Armstrong's done a nice job of speeding up his lineup without losing the identity that they've always had of being hardworking. And I think so much of that really goes through Ryan O'Reilly. When you're captain, when your number one centerman works so hard on both sides of the puck, it really sets a precedence throughout the team. Uh, But having health makes a big difference, man. Vladimir Tarasenko is playing some of the best hockey of his career right now. He's finally healthy. It's been a couple of years. He's made players go on that team. Buchnevich, Barbashev. In the Winter Classic, you saw him play with Jordan Cairo and Vladimir Tarasenko, or I'm sorry, Teres, along with uh, Robert Thomas. And I tell you what, man, the, the young talent of St. Louis is really starting to shine through. Okay, Jordan Cairo, this was a big moment for him on the big stage uh, in the Winter Classic. I think he's made a massive difference for St. Louis now. You know, this, he had four points in the game. He's over a point a game. He's playing on the big stage. Same with Kirill Kaprizov. And Kaprizov, this was a big moment for him on the big stage goal to assist. These are two players that people in hockey know about, but the general public is just learning. And I think Kairou's right on the edge of being a superstar. The thing for the Wild is that they're just having these slow starts, Frank. They've been really poor in the first half of games. They're not generating shots. They may score a goal or two, but they haven't been able to find that. And this is what St. Louis is so good at. They get out to a lead. 
And then they let Jordan Bennington do his thing and close the door. It wasn't a perfect game at the Winter Classic, but it was very St. Louis hockey. They played hard, they controlled early, and then they hung on long enough to win. What's enabling Cairo to take this next step in his career? He's already closing in on the point total from last season, 35. Uh, he's closing in on last season's goal total as well. Mm-hmm. What is it just confidence? What stands out to you? Yeah, confidence for sure. And I think, you know, this is a guy who's been a point of game player, OHL, American Hockey League. He can snipe, man. He can finish, but he does everything at speed. Early in his career, uh, and it's funny to say that he's only been in the league for a couple seasons now, but the first year or two, you're kind of feeling your way through the NHL. And now you see him driving the net, driving the middle ice, not afraid to make a play or a move and then shoot right afterwards. Before, he'd always look for, not always, but he would sometimes look for a better option. Now he's taking the good option and he's relying on that great shot of his to be able to finish. Seven points for Cairo in his last two games, including three goals. And speaking of goals, since the holiday pause, it's been goals galore. I know as a card-carrying member of the Goaltenders Union, not something that's music to your ears, but I think for all of us watching, it is certainly something that's uh, really interesting to see this development. You see the big jump uh, since December 21st, 7.1 goals per game scored. What do you chalk that up to? Is that just... Uh, Roster management, essentially, you're seeing a lot of new players and particularly Mm -hmm. minor leaguers that are injected into roles, teams playing short. Is it players that are rusty? Is it goaltenders that that are a bit rusty as well? You you see some, uh, all you see on social media now, and we'll get to our uh, best bet segment later with Tyler Uremchuk, but people seem to be hammering the over at the moment. What leads you to uh, the spike in goals? Well, it's so easy to blame the goalies. That's what we always do. Uh, And I think in this case, the goalies actually do deserve some of it. They haven't been uh, up to the standard we saw leading up to the pause and the holiday break. And part of that is because you are seeing young goaltenders with very little experience playing games in the NHL with so many NHL goaltenders that have gone into COVID protocol. It's opened things up. Now, have we seen great goaltending? No, but the teams haven't been diligent about their business anyway like the systems have been out the window that first game back from a holiday break like as a goalie you know it's a stat exploder like you just expect to allow five or six you don't want to but man it can happen like you're dreading it you're it's just not the game that you really want to play you want to get it over with but it's been an extended period now it's been three or four games it's something you touched on frank you've got players coming in and out of the lineup that haven't been in the nhl or they haven't been within that team's system And it just throws defense out the window. Okay, imagine these games if there wasn't a coach on the bench. That's kind of what we're seeing at times because the system work (laughs) has just not been there. Uh, And and the goalies haven't been good either, man. It's just it's been exciting hockey, but I don't think it's been good hockey. Like coaches are probably pulling their hair out right now, Frank. But is is it going to take until we see the rosters normalize a bit with COVID nineteen that the goals will start to come down again? Is it the is it player driven? Yeah, well, I don't think necessarily. I think the players that are there, even if you're your minor leaguers or prospects that have been shuffled up to the big team, they will get in touch with the system. It will happen, but there's a lag to it. So I think we'll get that the next week or two, and it will help when you start seeing players come back. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love seeing all the goals. The games have been exciting. Even that third period gave you something to watch in the Winter Classic. The Wild down mm-hmm. 6-2. Fans stayed into it. They get a couple goals. Controlled play in the third period. Some score effects could have made it interesting. Speaking of coaching and systems, the Edmonton Oilers are in a downward spiral, Mike. There's lots of questions about 
where that team stands at the moment. You take a look at some of the numbers. They have been pretty ugly and for a pretty long time going back to December 1st. 28th in the league in points percentage. Only the very worst teams in the league are below the Oilers. They're holding down the second wild card spot in the West. This is a team that got off to a fantastic start. The rumors have been queued up and the speculation about their coach in Dave Tippett. Mike Smith now on the shelf again with an upper body injury. The Oilers say that he's day-to-day, but then again, they did say that the 39-year-old who turns 40 in March Well, he was also day-to-day previously with the lower body injury that ended up keeping him out for a few months. What is your level of concern with the Oilers on a 1-10 to scale this season? Well, I'd say a strong 7 right now. I mean, everything that you expected going into the season's happened. They haven't had depth scoring. They basically have five forwards that are producing, and beyond that, they're non-existent up front. Um, Defensively, I mean... They're just not hard on pucks, man, and they're not getting goaltending. The, the goaltender that's done the best for him, Stuart Skinner, he's down in the American Hockey League right now. I mean, it, Mike Smith, he's 39 years old. When he's healthy, he's good, but he's not healthy very often anymore. And the last two games weren't good for him. He looked completely out of sync. It's really hard to come back and play like that, and Koskinen just hasn't been there. I mean, he's 12-6-1, and one, but the the traditional numbers, the advanced numbers – They're not good. And I think the confidence of that throughout the team is, hey, man, we're not getting these saves anymore and we're not scoring at 50% on the power play. All of that kind of creates this vortex where the Oilers are now trying to find themselves because they're not scoring on the power play. It's only clicking 20th in the league right now. They're not scoring five on five. But I think it all goes through Connor McDavid. Like if if McDavid, maybe John Tortorella was, was more right than a lot of people said at the start of the year that, that McDavid would have to change the way he plays. Not offensively. But man, he's got to be harder defensively. He's got to be, he's got to want the puck. He's got to be able to move his feet, close gaps, play hard in the defensive zone. Because right now, Edmonton, man, they're not defending the front of their net. They're not getting to the front of the net at the other end. They're just straight up not playing hard enough. And the person you always look to is your captain. He is going to have to carry that team, not just on the, on the offensive side of the puck, but the defensive as well. That is a right turn that I did not see us heading down. Did you just say the torts is right? I mean, like I said, some of his takes this season have been so far out of left field, it's been impossible <laughs> to ignore them sometimes. And, yeah, and, man, uh, they've been spicy. They've been spicy. <laughs> spicy and like like galaxy brain, some of them. Uh, yeah. And nonetheless, I can't even go down the torts rabbit hole. I will say that if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're sitting there wondering about where this team is heading, you probably have to look at some of the coaching changes this season, see what Vancouver and the bump that they've gotten from Boost Boudreaux, not advocating for it. Just have to say, you know, you see the Flyers go on a seven game point streak under Mike Yo. that, you know, maybe just maybe this team needs a bit of a shot in the arm. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there is a simple fix for all the reasons that you pointed out, but the Oilers is certainly a, a high level of concern. You gave it a seven. I'd probably nudge it up a bit to an eight. Let's get to the next wave with Chris Peters. Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff show. Chris Peters, our man on the scene at the World Juniors, had the big scoop that the tournament was canceled, now slash postponed. Chris, how you doing? How are the holidays? Uh, I'm doing well. The holidays were busy. A lot happened. Uh, I wouldn't say it was particularly fun to watch the World Juniors crumble. I think Chris's mic is down. But but it's... uh, 
it's been all right. You know, it's been all right. Hopefully we'll be all right uh, going forward here and we'll, we'll get some better hockey ahead. Oh, there we go. I can hear Chris now. All right. Uh, so, Chris, my big question for you is when you look at the impact of the World Juniors as quick as it was just a couple games to look at, how, how does that impact the 2022 draft class? So it was great to get a, an early peek at 2023. What have we learned and what does it mean for uh, someone like a Shane Wright heading into the draft? Does, has he solidified his spot? Has, he, has the door opened up a bit more? Where do things stand after a, a truncated World Junior Championship? Yeah, I mean, you really only are going to be using these as single game viewings and and not really putting a ton of stock into them as World Junior Games versus any of Shane Wright's games for Kingston in the OHL. But considering the fact that things continue to move in, in a negative direction for Ontario and, and how fearful we all are about you know where the, the OHL season goes, you do have to take something out of those games. And, and certainly, um, you know, I think Shane Wright didn't necessarily have the performance in the early goings that we were expecting. You would hope that he'd kind of build into his role and things of that nature. But he got overshadowed by Connor Bedard, who ended up really uh, coming out of the scene and, and making a huge impact with his four-goal game against Austria and really just being a, a force in the, in the first game as well against the Czech Republic or Czechia rather. So, you know, I, I think it was kind of tough for, for Shane to really establish himself in terms of, of, of being that number one guy. I still think he's, he's the clear guy at number one himself. But I think there were other players that really shone brightly in that tournament. I think Logan Cooley in, in just one game really showed well. And in the pre-tournament game, he was basically USA's number two center as a, as a 17 year old, pretty important role for him to play. And he didn't shrink in that environment. He immediately joined the under 18 uh, team again in Grand Forks, and they got a win against North Dakota. So he's just rolling right along. I think Brad Lambert was another guy where you say, okay, well, he's he did not have a great season at that point. He comes in and he scores a bunch of points over his first two games. Granted, against not great opponents for Finland, but still, he he made a statement saying, remember me, I'm still here. I can still make plays. I can still play the game pretty fast. So guys like that really did help themselves. But then there were other instances like David Juracek, who's a top defenseman for this draft. He got injured. He's going to miss multiple months after having to go undergo knee surgery in a game that really won't even count as far as the record books are concerned, assuming that we do get a World Juniors later on in the summer. So just a, just a wild couple of days. And you, you take it all with a grain of salt in terms of what it means for the draft, but certainly their their viewings nonetheless. Man, this tournament was just wild to see it canceled so quickly. And of course, I have a lot of the same questions that, that you just, you know, kind of talked about there with, you know, how do you learn more about players in one or two games? You know, I always viewed World Juniors as kind of an affirmation leading up to a draft. And everything's changed so much, Chris. And that's kind of my question to you is like, this landscape is so different now. Like, do you think that teams are going to be that much more hesitant to make something of a bold pick coming up in the draft just purely based on the chaos we've seen in these past two, two and a half years? Yeah, Mike, I, I think this is going to be one of the, the toughest draft classes to evaluate for a lot of different reasons. But you look at a guy, we just talked about Shane Wright. He didn't play at all last season except for the World Under set, world under 18 Championship. So we're talking about a year of missed games. And I think that that showed in the early goings of the season. He got off to a slow start. He wasn't as dominant as we saw. And that may be true from some of the other players. And you think about all the other Ontario League players we just didn't see in other other leagues. And now we're, we don't have that year of data to go off of. So 
I think it helps a lot of the players like in the USHL and college hockey in Europe that, that have been able to continue their seasons. But now we look at missing the world juniors as kind of that, that status where you can say, okay, well, where are they? I don't think you can hurt your, your draft stock very much, the world juniors, but you absolutely can help it by having a good showing, especially if you're one of the younger players and you play a big role. Like we saw for Slovakia, having Simon uh, Nemitz, and Uri Slavkovsky, who played such dynamic roles for their team and were essentially the two best players on their roster. And then, you know, you, you say, OK, well, that tells me a lot. It shows me the, the role that they had. So I'm learning a few things from that. I mean, Nemitz played 28 minutes in one of their games, uh, the game against Sweden. He played 28 minutes in a regulation game. So, you know, guys like that, you're like, wow, that that does tell me a lot. But but I think as this season progresses and as we have stops and starts in the WHL, the QMJHL, I mean, even the USHL has had some postponements recently. Um, we have to all kind of adapt to that. So you take all of the information that you have, and there's not a lot of it, but you take all of it that you have, as much video, as much stats and everything. And yeah, I mean, you, you make the best educated guess you can. But I think there are some teams that will say, Let's take a swing on a guy that we saw. We don't have a ton of data on him, but we really like the way that he plays. You know, and, and we may see that. I mean, we saw that in the last draft as well. Some guys that didn't play very much or, or, or nowhere last year still got picked based on their previous year's work. So uh, it, a lot can change here in the next couple of months, and we certainly hope that, that we'll be able to adapt with it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a real challenge this year. Yeah, Mike, to your point, I was going to say, and, and Chris made it, is – I wonder if teams are, are willing to take more of a risk knowing that there aren't nearly as many sure things because of the limited viewings. Maybe this is the year to take a swing on a guy. I uh, wanted to go back to, um, you mentioned, Chris, the idea of getting in that World Junior Championship this year. Uh, you know, you've been as connected as anyone. Uh, first part of the question is, what percentage chance do you give the world juniors actually being played this year? And also what are the logistical hurdles in terms of timing to try and pull something like this off maybe in June, let's say. Yeah, it is going to be very, very difficult. I'm going to give it a 40% chance of happening because I think it is a very, very important event for so many reasons, money being <laughs> the chief among them. Um, and I know the IIHF, really feels bad about the fact that this was taken from the players during the tournament as well. But let's take a look at some of the logistical hurdles here. We're already talking about things like the top prospects game being moved, the Memorial Cup being later than scheduled, the, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs probably going a bit later. Even the American Hockey League has, taught, has pushed back their calendar. So you're talking about a lot of different things that are bunching up into June already. Um, the IIHF has said that they're not – married to june so that could be july or august but that would be after the nhl draft i think let's say if you're jake sanderson of team usa and the ottawa senators sign you if i'm the ottawa senators i'm not letting him play in that tournament so you're all, all of a sudden you're starting to change the rosters things are moving around you know if you're a logan cooley who just got drafted or a shane wright do you is is it beneficial to you to play in that pre post-draft season for some guys yes for others no so i i think that there's going to be a lot of moving parts the thing that really we don't know is still what is COVID going to do? That's the biggest factor now. So logistically, it is very difficult to make it happen. I know that they're going to put all they can into it over the next month to find a way. But if we don't have a decision within the next couple of weeks, I'd be starting to get really worried that there's going to be if there if there's going to be any event at all, let alone, you know, just something slapped together in June. 
And on top of that, all these federations are focused on the Olympics right now. They're not thinking about a, a rescheduled World Juniors. They got to build teams without NHL players now. So there are so many factors at play right here that just don't seem conducive to this happening, even though they're going to try very hard to make it happen. Yeah, I'm with you, Chris. I'm thinking I gave it about a 30% chance given all that's going on and given the hurdles and where would you even host it? Should it be in Canada given the government right. restrictions there? Mm. Lots of different questions. But as you said, uh, certainly some names to keep an eye on in the next wave as we continue next week. Uh, the, the the federations turning their attention to the Olympics, as you said, could we see an Owen Power play for Team Canada at the Olympics? Lots of important questions still remaining to be answered. Chris, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining Joining us, this has been another edition of The Next Wave with Chris Peters. All right, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We're happy to take your questions. Mike, do you have a hockey New Year's resolution? Yeah, I think I just like to play goaltender more often. You know, when I when I retired from playing, I thought I was just going to hang the gear up for charity events only or maybe an alumni game here or there. And uh, a couple of weeks ago before Christmas, I played with my dad's group and I hadn't skated with them in probably 20 years. And I wasn't sure 15, maybe. I don't know, man. <laughs> it, goes, it goes by quick. But I I wasn't sure I could enjoy it. You know, like I needed NHL players, NHL practice. And I was able to let go pretty well. And I just realized, man, I just, I absolutely love goaltender. It's, it's my lifelong passion. I, I want to do more of it. Not a lot, but I do need to get on the ice more often as a goalie. Interesting. I, uh, I don't know. I've obviously never been in the position, but I can't imagine what it would be like to, uh, you know, be wow. driving a Ferrari in the NHL and then sort of going back to, uh, the Toyota Corolla and the men's league. It just, it's a different world, <laughs> different kinds of shots, uh, different everything. Well, what's your resolution? Game, but, you, I'm sure you don't want to be a goaltender, so you must have something good. Uh, no chance. Um, yeah, my resolution, let, uh, let's get our summers back. This is purely mm. selfish, purely personal. Uh, and I think a lot of NHL players would actually feel the same way. Uh, free agency pushed back till July 13th this year. You know, you hear all these games postponed. Can the NHL get this season completed in the time that they want to and, and to get back to that normal hockey calendar with training camps opening in mid-September? We've had a, a couple shortened summers over the last, you know, number of years since the pandemic started. And it feels like we'll never get back there, but uh, selfishly just hoping to get our summers back. So that's my New Year's resolution is to take back summer for the hockey world. I'm on board Let's, with it, man. Uh, I missed that two month off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No kidding. And hey, that that could be part of your uh, your your standing here at at Daily Faceoff. Uh, let's get to our Daily Faceoff daily bets with Tyler Yamchuk. One game on the slate tonight. Tyler, what do you like? Tyler is muted for me. Can't hear Tyler. Keep doing weird faces, Tyler. Eventually, we'll hear you. Still can't hear Tyler. If I'm Tyler, I say bet the over on everything right now. Well, maybe that's part of his play. See, he's giving you thumbs up. See, that's bet it. The yeah, over bet the over on everything. <laughs> the Rangers and the Oilers at Madison Square Garden. I think it was at six, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they're going to blow past oh. that. That game's going to be nine. 
Yeah, Tyler has no idea what's going on. We don't either. Tyler, you like the over? Was your prop bet something about a Mika Zibanejad point? Am I getting that right? No? Just okay, all right, whatever. Over. Take the over. Oh, there he is. We can hear him well, now. Hello, Tyler. Oh, you can hear him. He's you know? back and joined yeah, us. Oh. Tell us everything, Tyler. Look at that. All right, let's jump into it, courtesy of points bet. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys saw my hand gestures there. We're hammering the over. I'm not going to lie. When the reports came out that uh, Connor McDavid might not be playing or he didn't take part in morning skate, I started to look real close at the Rangers at plus 105, but it's expected that McDavid will be in the lineup. So I am taking the over in this hockey game at plus 100. The last time these two teams met, it was a 6-5 overtime win for Edmonton. And tonight could very well be the same goaltending matchup with Koskinen and Gorgiev in this game. The Rangers have scored three plus goals in every game since their return. Plenty of reasons to like the over. And my player prop for the day is actually a Zach Hyman point. Minus 130. He only has points in one of his three games since returning to the Oilers lineup. But this guy plays on the top line with McDavid, and he's the net front presence on the Oilers power play. I mean, a top line player at minus 130 to get a point. I like those odds, and I think there'll be a lot of goals tonight. So the over and a Hyman point are my two bets as I look to start 2022 with a pair of victories. And man, I'm just happy I could get all that off my chest. <laughs> no kidding. Well, we're happy to have you. Honestly, this line seems a little funny to me, given what we just outlined in terms of the Oilers. I know Panarin is in COVID protocol, but the Rangers have been cruising right along. Uh, mm -hmm. To see them as plus money on home ice, something seems odd about that line. I always wonder when I see something like that, it's not run to bet. It's what does Vegas know that I don't? So uh, certainly something to keep in mind. Thank you, Tyler, for our daily bet segment. And for garbage time, Mike, usually I cede the floor to you for my favorite segment of the show, but I just wanted to give some love to our own Steve Greeley, who I guess we can't even really say is our own anymore because after <laughs> joining us here for the Daily Faceoff show since September, Steve Greeley is moving on to the Dallas Stars. The Stars announced today that he is joining the club in a front office role as their director of hockey strategy, scouting, and development. What a mouthful that title is. But uh, <laughs> certainly it has been a blast to have Steve Greeley on our team at Daily Faceoff. The insight that he brought, the negotiator series on dailyfaceoff.com. He broke down a number of contract talks and, and where things stand and where they should stand moving forward. And he was a pleasure to have on our team. So thank you, Steve, for everything. Best of luck with the Dallas Stars. Love that he's going to a great franchise and it's a good fit. That's a team that, you know, right now could use a little bit and I'm sure he's happy to be there. So I love it on both ends. Thanks, Greels. You've been awesome for us. And I'm sure that all my friends in Dallas are going to enjoy you just as much. Yeah, no doubt about that. Mike, that is all the time that we have for today's show. Thanks for watching. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. First show of 2022 in the books. We'll be back right here tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.